it's Monday night. Drew, you know what that means? <laughs> uh, it, it means I'm freaking tired, man. Yes. Yes. I'm, I'm tired, but I'm here. And we are here once again for the people. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a, a Monday night cooked edition of the devil's do <laughs> we're not monday night raw we're better than that we're monday night cooked we're definitely better um, than that. yes of the devil's do i am your host Paul duty with me as always is a man who once beat alfred pennyworth in the team making competition hmm. mr drew celestino that's I mean, he's a native, and if I could do that, that's impressive on my end. Yes. That man knows mm-hmm. his way around some tea. Exactly. How are you, sir? <sighs> good. <laughs> good. 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 I'm good. I'm good. It's, uh, you know, another period of time has gone by, and yes. the world is pretty much the same. So, yay, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's the world is as it. To, to quote Superman from Superman 4, The Quest for Peace, uh, the world is as it always is, on the brink, with good fighting evil. Um, That's, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that movie has its moments. Very few of them, <laughs> but here and there, Christopher remembers the Superman. Um so yeah, we're here. It's Monday night. Normally, we are given to record on a Friday night, but a combination of a couple different things just kind of got in the way Friday, and they were like, hey, let's just do it Sunday. All right, great. And then we both realized, oh yeah, Monday's Valentine's Day. Oops. And we're, and we're both married. <laughs> um, we have obligations. We, we have obligations to fulfill. Happy as we are to fulfill them. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, but obligations needed to be fulfilled. So here we are on Monday night. Sir, how have your weeks been? It's been good. It's been good. Um, hey, on the plus side of the Monday night uh, recording schedule, I am now caught up to WandaVision. So, you know, we can, oh, yeah. when we do yes. get, when we discuss, I will be uh, able to discuss everything, um, you know, that, that that's going on. So, yay. All right. Um, so having said that, uh, I am well, um, weeks have been okay. I'm trying to think of like what I'm up to. That would be of interest to our dear listeners. Um, okay. A couple, couple things, but I'm going to start with, okay. start with a simple one that I just started uh, the other night, last night, last night, I got the itch, Carl. And the itch, um, was to play Castlevania symphony of the night as one is wont to do. Now, what I normally do to scratch that itch is I play it on my emulator on my PC, which is downstairs. Um, unfortunately, I don't want to live in my basement any more than I have to because I work down here in the in the studio cave uh, eight hours every day. So yeah, I don't want I to do it in my off time as well. So um, I took the plunge and I spent $20, and I got the Symphony of the Night Rondo of Blood collection for PS4. Ah. Okay. Here are some thoughts. 
Um, it turns out that it is not, and I knew, I think I knew this going in, so I, you know, was prepared for whatever, whatever I was getting. It is not a port of the PlayStation one original symphony of the night. It is a port of the PSP version that came out sometime later. Now the difference the obvious, the, the one major difference is the voice acting, which is derided by many, and it is it's definitely cheesy and poor, and you know, it's a product of 1997 in every way. See also Resident Evil. Um, they replaced all that voice acting with new voice acting, which is much more serious, better translated, more you know, less hokey, and and you know, probably more accurate to the real Japanese script. That's all fine. But I'm not going to lie. I missed the cheesy dialogue. <laughs> I missed the uh, overly dramatic, sounded like they were recorded in a bathroom audio quality of the original uh, uh, voice acting. Um, and I definitely miss the original voices specifically. Um, Alucard in particular, who is, you know, the main protagonist that you play as, they changed his voice. And despite uh, everyone else in, in the game being like super over the top and corny, Alucard always had a very stoic monotone yet uh i don't know resonant voice that was good and fit his character really well in the original and they have replaced that and it's similar but it's not the same so that's kind of a bummer but i can you know deal with that because it's not a dialogue heavy game as it is i mean there is dialogue but you're mainly you know killing monsters in a big castle for hours upon hours yeah um but the thing that is kind of fu- funny and like puzzling to me is the performance of the game seems to be wildly not eh. a-, a game made in 1997 for the PS1 shouldn't have frame rate slowdown issues on a PS4, right? So that just tells me that this is yet another example of Capcom. I'm sorry, forgive me, not Capcom. Capcom would never do harm by us. Uh, <laughs> not not in the way that um, the company I'm going to name would do harm by us. That being Konami. Man, yes. Konami just doesn't care. <laughs> and it shows in every way. Um, we get some options in uh, the Castlevania game. and There's like there's some border options. Because obviously the games are in 4 by 3 so you get some decent border choices you can use. You can do it in frame, a full frame or a full screen with borders on the sides. So um, it does. It never breaks. You can never do full full screen. Like it never stretches to the the full widescreen. So you, yeah. you're always going to have a four by three ratio. But you can either do it framed um, in the middle of the screen with a border surrounding the entire screen, or it'll, it'll do full uh, height with side borders. Fine, totally fine. And they even give you a scan lines option, which for me, I'm a sucker for scan lines, so I'll take it every time. I think they look pretty good, but I don't know that they're perfectly scalable to any resolution because there's no option to scale them. So whatever they are, that's what you got. Um, I'm spoiled with my uh, analog, um, <laughs> my analog uh, SN. Uh, what's a, uh, the 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 what's it? Why, why am I blank? The Super NT. Jeez. Um, yeah. The analog Super NT's visual options are so r- robust that I can even control the the scale of and the depth and the and the visibility of the scan lines. And I I just 
it's not that hard of functionality to really do. So when they when these guys don't include it, it's kind of like, come on, man. But in any case, um, yeah, so that's fun. I'm going to start playing some Castlevania. Uh, I love that game to death. Uh, I know that they made more of them after that, and they they were enjoyable, like on the 3DS and on the DS, even the Game Boy Advance, but my heart will always rest with Symphony of the Night. It's such a magically beautiful game. The sprite, the sprite art is gorgeous. Um, just just wonderful, wonderful game. Ah, that's one thing that happened. The other thing, Carl, I don't know that I brought this up on the show last time we, we spoke, but I'm going to bring it up now. Carl, do you have a minute to talk about our Lord and Savior, The Expanse? Because I started watching The Expanse in the last couple weeks. And boy, howdy, I am now in the back half of season three, and The Expanse is the best sci-fi show that I can't believe I haven't watched before now. This is the show. Oh, boy. This is the show. So this this kind of links into an interesting phenomenon that I've been thinking about the past couple days, but I'll get into that after you've completed. Please. Uh-huh. Tells of the expanse. Uh, um, in Reddit parlance, um, I've watched I've watched almost three seasons of the expanse. Ask me anything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know season five just ended, um, and I, I think that's what kind of got me to like start watching it because I know there was some fanfare over season five, so I, it kind of popped up on my radar of like things that were happening right now. And I had yes. heard I had heard of the show over the last few years, and I heard near universal praise about it. And for whatever reason, I just couldn't find my way to it. But right. somehow, I just time was available. Now I'm not actively engaged in in too much in, in the television, nothing at all really in the television world. So it was like, you know what? I got to fill my nights up with something. So I got to start. I got to start watching something. So roll the dice, put the expanse on. And uh, boy, am I glad I did. So, The Expanse. Um, to anyone that is listening to this, I might be butchering some of this, or I might be basing my information on the first three seasons, and we are now in five. So if you know more than me, please do not spoil me <laughs> in email or text or whatever. Um, bear with me. The Expanse is about humanity in about 200 years or so humanity moving outward into the galaxy now to be clear there is no faster than light travel in this show and the science of this show is actually pretty hard in other words it there's no hand wavy inertial dampeners there's no hand wavy anti you know or gravity on ships kind of thing no if you're in space there's no gravity the only way to get around that is mag boots that's like the only magical air quotes thing that they have they wear mag boots so they can walk on their ships when they're in zero G. Other than that, the only gravity you get when you're out in space is on gigantic space stations and ships that are called drum ships, where that they have the you know the centrifuge kind of deal where it spins, and that yeah. creates that creates gravity in space. Other than that, zero G is a real thing. Um, Mars was colonized some years ago, and Mars uh, and Earth are not friendly towards one another. Um, 
Likewise, uh, a whole civilization has developed in the asteroid belt beyond Mars, where humans have colonies, stations, and they're made up of laborers mainly. They're called belters, and they do a lot of the resource harvesting of water, gases, etc., etc., that get basically sent back to Mars and Earth, and the belters are kind of seen as like a lower class of people. And as a result of living out beyond the asteroid belt and space stations and whatnot, uh, physically, they are very different from Earthers um, and Martians even, at least in the early season um, of season one. This, this kind of gets dropped a little bit as it goes on for valid reasons, as I found out. Um, ultimately, in the, early se- in the early episodes, you're going to see like tall, skinny people make up the belt population. Because out there, there'd be less gravity. And these are generations of people who have grown up with less gravity. So they're taller, skinnier, and it's a little off-putting. But as we move on, they kind of unfortunately get away from that. And everyone just kind of starts to look more normal human. As it turns out, tall, lanky actors are hard to find. Especially when you need to have enough of them as extras and whatnot to populate entire scenes and entire episodes. So... Right. It's a, it's a, it's a, it, it doesn't, ultimately it doesn't matter. Like you don't miss it. It's just a little interesting wrinkle that gets introduced early and then kind of pushed aside. But anyway, so what you've got in the setup of this show is a three way cold war, essentially. Um, it, it's, it's, it's intense. You get a lot of, you get, and you get perspectives on each side of this. So you get the earth perspective, you get the belter perspective, and then eventually you get the Martian perspective on how they view each other. And all of them have their valid reasons why they distrust the other and why the things are kind of as tense as they are. All of this, uh, is, is, I don't want to say comes to a head. It does. It will come to a head, but, um, that's not the main thrust of the show. Everything I just kind of laid out is almost like the backdrop of the show. The plot kind of gets going into like a murder mystery or a missing persons mystery, rather, even. And a detective on a space station played by Thomas Jane, which I did not know he was in this and I was happy to see him. Um, he gets tasked to find this girl. And in doing so, he uncovers a lot of. How do I want to even get into this? He gets into the network of. The Belter Resistance, that's kind of an anarchist type of group, or at least an underground terrorist group by by Earth and Martian standards. And then conversely, in space, you've got an Earth ship that's basically uh, harvesting ice from the asteroid belt. Um, They discover an abandoned ship in the belt. And when they board it, everyone's gone, completely abandoned. And then out of nowhere, a ship with stealth tech that they did not know about enters their space, launches a missile at it, and everyone, the pe- the crew that was on the abandoned ship bailed, like the guys that were, were there to investigate, they get they bail out back to their ship. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm mixing up some details. Basically, a stealth ship that no one knew about destroys this, this uh, mining ship. And tensions now are really high. This is, this is all escalating the tensions of the war between, well, the, the Cold War between all the factions. And then from so there... So you're saying there's a bird of prey that can fire while cloaked? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, 
it, dude, and I'm underselling all of this. Like, this is just like the setup. This is like the first episode, more or less, that I'm laying out. From and I, because I don't want to spoil too much if people haven't watched it. So, like from here, the tension just gets ratcheted up more and more, and new variables come to light that completely alter the tone and the scope of what I just laid out. To the point where, when I said the show was about humanity, season once we're into season three, you you become very aware that this show is all about not just and I should I should point out season 1 is kind of tough to to crack a little bit because you're trying to figure out all these you have to understand all these factions and who whose alliances are where so you got to give it a few episodes to kind of let it click by the time season 2 starts I'm like right in there I get everything and it's great cuz everything's laid out your characters are are established your factions are you you know you know the lay of the land and th- then it's time to go 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 and it just goes and doesn't stop characters are all fantastic your main characters especially are a tight-knit little crew on a ship it's got a little uh little star wars a little um little star wars little i, I don't want to say star trek because that's a much bigger crew this is like four people so maybe something akin to like i've never watched firefly but maybe something like that or uh star uh 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 Farscape maybe is another good example for those of you who might have watched Farscape. So you got a tight, sure. tight knit crew of four, and you care about each of them. They are your mains, and you you care about all of them, and they're all very distinct, and they're all great, <laughs> like really great. So by the time season three rolls around, and as now as you I have now discovered this this far into it, yeah, this show is about more than anything. This is about humanity, and what what is our place in the the universe what is our place in the you know the grand scheme of things and does any of this infighting matter um we're we're sitting here fighting planet to planet belt to planet when ultimately we're we're just a speck of dust in a much bigger universe ultimately so it, it just man, it's a it's a it's a ride, and it's great. So, qu- questions? <laughs> uh, it sounds it sounds great. It is. I I highly highly recommend it. I've enjoyed it thoroughly. For for those who are interested, where is it available? It is on Prime. Oh, okay. So, it's how also, many seasons are there? Uh, five now. About, uh, and I think each season's about 10, 11 episodes or so. Um, they're about 40, 45 minutes long a piece. So you can, you can breeze through them pretty, pretty quickly, which is how I got to season three between the last episode that we did and, and now. So um, I, I have read that season six is going to be the series finale. Now, these are based on a book, a series of books. Um, and my friend has read all of them. And there's eight books out right now, and the ninth is coming. And he told me that it's roughly, roughly a book a season, roughly, with some overlap in there. But generally, that's the rough pace he gave me. So when I found out that they're going to end it in season six, the show, I was like, well, wait a minute. If there's nine books, either the, they're going to condense this way down or the show is going to end differently than the books do. So I'm curious how that's going to go. But 
we'll we'll see when it comes to that i suppose um the show started out on sci-fi and then in, as sci-fi does they canceled it in season three or like yeah. or either when season three was happening or before it and um because that's just what sci-fi does because they stink uh and prime picked it up and that's where it lies now so everything from here out is on prime that's all on prime now but um season six will also be on prime so the um the authors of the books are also like part of the group that does the show so from what i understand it's very 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 close to the source material in the in the in the ways that really matter uh the books flesh out a lot more things and there might be some more characters but from what my friend has told me the 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 show is very accurate to the books nice yeah so that's that's really all i've been up to man it's been all about the expanse (laughs) so this uh raises something that has always been kind of kicking around in the back of my head. Uh, but since in our, like we have a fairly steady track on you, me and, and Alan waiters. Yes, sir. Um, and since you've been, uh, suggesting the expanse to us, it's, it's got me thinking more and more about it. I just kind of want to bounce it off to you and see if you feel this at all. It seems that we, and I don't know if this is just in, I can't say it's just in our circle of friends because I noticed this in like other circles of friends as well. It seems that we are reluctant to eat something someone else brings to the table. That's not uncommon, to be honest. Like, does that make it? Does it no, make yeah. sense what I'm saying? Like, no, it absolutely like, does. You, you are here, and, and your taste is is very well refined. And you know, nine times out of ten, if you recommend something, whether it be like food, uh, uh, book, game, movie, television show, it's probably a good recommendation. Um, but like, it just seems like so. For example, like you're recommending The Expanse, mm-hmm. okay? Um, I recommended uh, was it crossover? Yes. Like I'm like and anytime you know I get a new issue of crossover, I read. I'm like Drew, you got to read this book. I have been meaning to do. To be honest, I did mean to pick it up on my last trip to the shop, and I it when I got there, I blanked, so I didn't get it. I when I left, I thought about it, and I think when I go back this week, I'll make an effort to try and, and get get it. Okay, but also like with with uh, I've noticed this. More so on, like, board game nights, too. Like, people who bring games generally tend, and I'm just as guilty of this as, as anyone else's, people who bring games tend to vote for or kind of push their games right above others. And it's usually it's kind of one, the ones who don't have the, any skin in the game kind of end up, you know... Uh, making the call, like I don't know, I don't know. Maybe it's just me or, or something. No, but like it, you're it, not it, I, an example. I, yeah, example. This would be like you know back when we had board game nights. Um, the uh, the Marvel Champions game. Yeah, that I brought. You know, I said like, guys, this game is really really great. It's 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 pseudo deck building co op 
fighting a bad guy, you know, all things we've loved. And you were like, okay, sure, let's try it out. Alan seems a little more resistant. And Alan, if, if you're listening to this, first off, thank you. Second off, um, I'm not I'm not taking any digs or anything here. This is just observations. Um, Alan seemed more resistant to it because it wasn't um, legendary, which right, is the right. game. Which that I, yeah, he, which he tends to bring. Yeah, and to be fair, has sunk a lot of money into legendary. Yeah. And I like there are things that I can point out in champions that I feel champion. The games are similar, but there are things that I can point out. Also, very different. Yeah, yeah. But there are things I can point out in champions. I feel champions does better than legendary. But like, it just seems like nobody, nobody really wants to eat what someone else brings to the table. Yeah, it's just like a, a fascinating phenomenon. I feel like this is not limited to us. I, I'm willing to bet that anyone listening to this right now probably it has a similar circle where this is this is the exact same issues. I'll, I'll bet on it, and I don't know why that is. I think it's because while we're friends and we trust each other's recommendations, it's also like the devil you know kind of thing where it's like, yeah, but. Yeah, I don't. Like, yeah, what am I trying to say? It's almost like a backhanded compliment, but it's like it's almost like yeah. it's like we also know we know each other very well, and we like each other, but we also like right. know maybe things that we don't necessarily like about each other. So when recommendations do come to the fold, it might be kind of like, eh, he's 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 recommending that because he likes this. Yeah, and it's like I don't even. It's not even. We're not trying to be spiteful to each other or something, but there's, <laughs> but, but, but like that guard is just kind of our guard is up. Yeah, I don't know why that no, is. I don't know why that is. That's a good. That's actually a really interesting psychological question. <laughs> yeah, but it's to like, be fair, um, you know, folks, if if you experience this new group of friends or whatnot, by all means, let us know. Yeah, please, I because I I feel like this cannot possibly just be just be us. This has to be a universal thing with friend groups. In fact, I I would almost guarantee it is. So if you've got stories like this, please share them with us. Um, like I'm the only person that I know in all my circles of friends that is watching this show. Now, fortunately my, my best friend read all the books and he watched it, but never really pushed it on me. He did give me, he gave me the first paperback, um, a while back and said it was great. And I, and this was before it was either around the time or before grant was born. And as you might imagine, I just do not have time to read a book. Oh, yeah. These are yeah. books, dude. These are like big boy books. They're, they're big. And, <laughs> and like, I mean, you know, there's, there's, you know, you're, you're, there, there's your reading pants on for this one. Yeah. Folks. I mean, it's not like a, you know, 150 pages. No, this thing's like 300 plus pages. Like it's a, it's a book. So, you know, at this point, I doubt I'm going to get to it, but I'm not going to lie. Like now that I'm into the show, I'm kind of like, I should really read those books. So we'll see if that happens. But in any case, like, you know, he, he, he mentioned it to me, but didn't like push it very hard. But, um, this is my best friend. I just never followed up on right. it. But now that I told him that I started watching, he's like, Oh yeah, I watched, I watched it all too. Or no, what do you, I think he started watching it, but because he read the books, he just kind of stopped watching it. He didn't, it's not that he disliked it, but he just stopped watching it. 
And now that I'm watching it, he's watching all of it all over again. And uh, now we're having fun conversations about it because I, I ask him a ton of questions and he tries to be as spoiler free as he can about where I am in the show. And he's like, oh, yeah, just wait. Wait till this. You'll you'll see what happens about that in, in the episode. Like, yeah. So and it's it's great now that I've taken the plunge. It's, you know, having anyone to talk to about it is just like amazing. So. Ugh. Maybe I guess we should trust yeah. each other more. <laughs> we really should because like it's astonishing what you can discover. We just kind of lower that guard a little bit. Perfect example. I watch wrestling every week now. Yeah, yeah. You know why? Because I saw your passion for it and how much fun you had with it, and I was like, "All right, let's let's give this a shot." Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. I gotta I gotta open up a little more. So I'm gonna. I'm going to go check out Crossover. Um, I know you wouldn't steer me wrong in the comics world. So um, so I do. Rec- I highly recommend watching The Expanse. <laughs> That's all I can say. If, you in- if you're into sci-fi and spaceships, like, dude, there's, there's, this is going to scratch every itch you could possibly have for that kind of stuff. Like, this is scratching my Mass Effect itch in a big, bad way. Um, the new Star Trek shows are, are, are poo-poo, so I don't need that in my life. This is what I need in my life. <laughs> I need the expanse in my life. Yeah, you and my friend Jim uh, recommend this show highly. Jim watches so. it? Yeah. Oh, Dude, Jim, I'm Jim, uh, Jim commented on, on one of your posts, I think. Oh, I got to start, talk- sure start talking to Jim more. I see Jim every so often because he picks up his kid across the street from my house. Yeah. <laughs> we yell at each other from uh, across the street. I'm just going to invite him over to talk about the expanse next time. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, well, let's let's segue into uh, to my weeks. Yes, please. Uh, not the word. So dominated um, the show for a little Yeah, it is what it is. Um, I'm trying to think. Anything happened? I've been getting a little more back into Star Wars Squadrons. That's cool. Uh, just to, like damage. Um, I'm finding that playing games on the Switch is becoming tricky. Oh. Because William likes to explore uh. when he's playing a game. And why I say that, I mean like menus and options and game data. And he can't read. So he just kind of presses random buttons. That can be risky. That's how data gets so, written. So like, you know... My level 22 Red Knight in Castle Crashers. Uh-oh. When I plugged in to get to the, the finally play through the last castle. Um, yeah, when he was level one, mm. I was like, hey, guy, <laughs> what, uh, what's going on? So yeah, somehow William found a way to override the game. I'd be much more upset with this if I had never like played the game before and hadn't beaten it before. But I had it for PS3 um, and played through and beat out that. So this one was just uh, just kind of you know I enjoyed the game, so I picked it up again for Switch. So, but yeah, gotta gotta be careful. Gotta keep the head on the swivel when it comes to the games. Yeah. Um, uh, Julie contributed to my ever-growing uh, quest 
for good coffee mm. uh, for Valentine's Day. Uh, she got me a new kettle, uh, a new a new water heating kettle, which is great because I just as a gooseneck kettle, uh, which is great because I just had like kind of a cheapo thirty dollar one. Um, she got me a fantastic uh, from a company called Fellow. It's the EKG Stag, and it is amazing i love it like most most coffee videos i watch on youtube yes i just say coffee videos i watch on youtube that's okay uh, whenever they're doing something that requires precision pouring uh there this is the kettle they're using so it is not the most expensive kettle on the market but it's widely considered uh to be one of the best mm-hmm. uh she got me the mid-range model which is the one I wanted. The high-end model uh, is has like an app that goes with it and whatnot. Um, I just didn't really see the need for it. The nice thing about this one is it has temperature control, so I can decide how hot I want the water, which is important. And it also has temperature hold. So like when it reaches the temperature, I take the pedal off to like, you know, pour a little bit out of first, I can put it back on the kettle and it'll hold that temperature, hmm. which is very important as well. Yeah. Um, because temperature affects flavor. Sure. Oh, absolutely. You can absolutely uh, burn coffee. Oh, yes, you can. So you definitely don't want to do that. Typically, you're, you're going to range between on the low end, 196 degrees. A high end would be 210, 212-ish. And, like, you'd be amazed the difference a couple degrees here and there can make. Um, so, yeah, my, my pour-over coffee and my chemists is, is that much more better because my wife is amazing. Uh, for, so, for so many reasons beyond just that, but that primarily. Um, and I think, yes, that's pretty much it, you know, just... Just quarantining, the usual stuff. Uh, so that is our weeks. Dear listeners, if you'd like to tell us about your weeks, send the same questions or comments to be read on the show, you can find us at the following locations. You can fi- find us on Twitter at Devil's Do Pod. You can like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Devil's Do Pod. You can email us at thedevilsdupod at gmail.com, or you can find all these resources available to you on our website, thedevilsdupodcast.com. Drew, with that being said, we actually don't have any emails this week because I did not promote that we were recording tonight. Oh, bummer. Because, you know, it's, it's, it's Monday night, we wanted to keep it tight, and so, as we just spent... You know, the first half of the show talking about the expanse. Yeah. And and other things, other phenomena. But that's fine. That's that's how we do. Um and folks, the mailbox is always open. Always. You don't have to wait. You don't have to wait for, for us to let you know we're recording to send us a question. You send us a question or something, we'll get you on the next show. It won't go to waste. Um all right, so moving right along to the news. Um, not, not a ton of news this week, 
two items of note. One I had actually forgotten about. The other one, I mean, I suppose we have to talk about. Um, are just kind of scanning really quick. Listen, folks, there's a lot of stuff going on in the world right now. We try to bring some positivity and joy into your life. Um, What's this we stuff? You know, <laughs> 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 I, I, you know, I think at the heart of you do with this show. You know, you, you have your outlets for curmudgeon and and you know raging. Otherwise, I think you, you know you you to use the '90s parallels. You keep it real, but you still try to bring the joy in this show. Um, My heart's in the right being place. Said, yeah. That being said, folks, we're we're well aware of everything that happened this week with uh, Gina Carano and Joss Whedon. <sighs> um, you are too. You know what? I I just don't want to talk about it. I, I don't like I. If you listen to our show, you know where we fall on these things, and I'm. Hey, you know what? I just I don't want to talk about it. If you want to talk about it, I'll talk about it. But like, no, I'd rather not. Just checking, just checking the file. Gina Carano, horrible person. Where I knew that. Just reading a horrible person. He's suspected for a long time, but it's since More, been confirmed. Okay. Yeah. 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 And that's right. fine. You know what? And given that, that let's they're not worth my they're not worth the time to discuss. Yeah. Put them so, away. Moving right along. We we are exiting that through one door and entering in oh, another hey. door. Hey hey hey! Before I forget, um, I also oh. watched Toy Story four this week. Oh okay. Yeah, Sorry. Give us a run on that. Um, all right. So I don't know if I uh, relayed to you my my feelings on the Toy Story franchise as a whole. Uh, I love Toy Story. It's great. Um, one is excellent two is probably better and three i would almost say three is the i'm reluctant to say it's the best of them all only because it does thematically rehash a bit of two to get its itself you know it, it rehashes two in a way but the emotional the emotional uh tug of three is so emotional that my god, I can't help but like love that movie and also dread watching it every time because I will weep no less than three times in that film, like, 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 like a baby. Like I will break down, <laughs> uh, and I have recently because I've watched it with Grant because he likes to watch Toy Story all the time now, so he's into that now. So I love Toy Story; it's great. And Toy Story three was like the best possible ending you could have had for this franchise. But they had to go ahead and make another one. Now, it's a it's it's good. Like it's a well made movie and everything. It's not like a it's not bad by any means. But it undermines a lot of the character growth and the themes of the of, of the first three. And it's ultimately kind of unnecessary. <laughs> like it's it's fine. And Woody gets a, you know, a send-off, as it were. So, like, I guess this probably would be the end of these films. But I feel like we already reached that point in three with not just for Woody, but for all of the toys. And that felt like a good... 
that that was where you really should have left it. And four is kind of eh. It's all over the map in a lot of ways, and it under like I said, it undermines the previous films, and I was kind of bummed out by it. Um, it's emotional. Like I got you know I shed a tear at the end because it is a very emotional payoff, and a, like I said, a send off for for Woody, but it it. it Buzz is practically cast aside for the whole movie. He doesn't have a whole lot to do. Uh, and like I said, the the it 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 kind of spits in the face of the previous movie's messages and themes. So prob- problematic. And the and the villain is a little. Co- it's the villain's a little complex in it. Like she's not as evil air quotes as you know. A typical villain would be she has her own reasons for why she's doing what she's doing but i feel like woody woody's resolution to this villain is like wildly i don't know like the villain doesn't get comeuppance put it that way um it like it it doesn't work for me personally so anyway um yeah i I was bummed out by toy story 4 Disappointed. Isn't Bo Bo Peep the villain in this? No, no, she's a returning hero because she she was not in three. Yeah, um, and that's a big plot point in four. Um, I I hate Toy Story. Wow, because it has made it so difficult to throw out or get rid of my kids' toys. Ah, I I I could see that because because I know when I turn around. They're moving and talking and terrified <laughs> of what I'm going to do. And I hate Toy Story for doing that. Uh, just Otherwise, I, I, I like the films. Um, yeah, how often do you get to a fourth film in a franchise and say, we needed to go here? They didn't. They really, I'm telling you, they didn't. Um, I don't know how, I, I, I like to think Pixar is above like cash grabs, but I don't see why this movie had to get made. I, I, it really, it, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think there's, there's a line between cash grab and, okay, you're just leaving a ridiculous amount of money on the table and you need to go get that money. Did, did they really have to make another toy? I mean, it, it made a billion dollars. So, I mean, obviously, yeah, you know, but but come on, like I, 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 know. I, 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 I don't it. know. I get it. It's, I just I'm, I understand it from an artistic standpoint, but I also understand it from a business standpoint. Well, if, if the choice is to to have a billion dollars or to not have a billion dollars, business is going to billion. I feel well, artists that, maybe not. No, and the thing is, I thought Pixar was a more artistically driven studio, but I still think they are only because, like, you look at something like Soul, yeah, and if you look at, like, if you just break down Soul into a pitch meeting, that's you know that's not a billion dollar idea, but it has artistic merit, and they went and made it. So, I mean, if I, for me, like, if you want things like soul, then things like Toy Story 4 are sometimes necessary. I just feel like that that studio has more than justified their, their, like, they have all the, they're like, they have Marvel credit. 
Whereas in they have their track record speaks for itself. Yeah. They can do anything. So why do they have to go back to the well and I don't know. I, people seem to like Toy Story Four was well reviewed, but I mean I'm I watched it and I was just kinda like, ah, I'm not I'm not I'm not buying this. Like I'm just not buying it. I'm not I'm not picking up what they're putting down. <laughs> um, I mean, I think it's primarily because you were satisfied with the ending. And like there was a sense of completion there. Absolutely. And this is kind of going back and saying, Oh wait, there's more. Yeah, yeah. Let, let, and they're let's just like like I, I saw Toy Story Three once, but I remember like the end being, you know, kinda okay, this is a good this is a good way to go out. That's it's this is how that's the that's way how to go do out. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um so yeah. No, I get what you're saying. So anyway, yeah, I watched four and it was uh I was I was underwhelmed. Again, it's it's a perfectly fine movie, but um I didn't quite care for it. I think three was the ultimate way to end that franchise with with class, with dignity, and uh, yeah. So anyway, that that happened this week. It it felt notable to talk about. So uh, we, as I was stating before, we we exit one room through one door and enter another room through another door. That has previously, Drew, you might say, been uh, uh, forbidden. Oh, look what you're doing! That um, is now open. The, 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 it, it, dude, it's it's knocked off the hinges. <laughs> it is it is blast off the hinges. And folks, I'm sorry, we're going to talk about wrestling for just a little bit. Yeah, Drew. Yes, NJPW is coming. They sure are. They and a little bit. They're here. Uh, they're here and it's, uh, it, it's blowing my mind to realize and i i don't i know i don't have the the car block to like kind of go off on a tangent like this but at the same time it's blowing my mind to realize that it's very possible at one point in the next year in the 2021 calendar year um it's either going to be like a pay-per-view or oh yeah a really hyped up dynamite. Um, but at some point this year, Drew, Kenny Omega is going to be standing there triumphant, holding up the belt, doing his thing. And Okada is going to walk out. Uh, you don't know how right you are because according to, uh, trusted people in the biz, uh, yeah, Okada's coming. <laughs> uh, oh. it's just a matter of when now, I salivate at at all of this. Okay, you, th- this is what I've wanted from day one, and in, in fact, I'm actually now in, with hindsight, I'm happy that it's worked out this way, where we didn't get it right away, and that we we had to wait for it because it's going to make this payoff that much sweeter. Um, the forbidden door made the forbidden fruit that much sweeter. So you know, here we are. Yes. Uh, my only, my only concern is I, I actually, I need crowds to be in attendance for all this to happen. I need it. Yeah. It is not going to have the same effect. 
Okada walking into an empty building is not going to have the same effect. Like right. if they can hold on for like another year and wait till people get vaccinated, wait till restrictions are lifted more on, in, on, on buildings and arenas and whatever, man, whenever Okada shows up at an AEW ring, wherever they are, ideally like a, a, a hot town, like Chicago or New York, uh, you will hear the pop from space. <laughs> okay. Um, like I, I, this is, this is like the dream of dreams. And I feel like we really need fans and stand in the stands to, to make it really satisfying it because and, it's good because it's going to be electric. Like you're going to feel and, the, the, yeah, it's, it's going to be in the air. And, and folks, for for those of you who who don't know, like who's this guy that they're talking about? Okada. Um, <laughs> go to YouTube and look up Kenny Omega versus Okada. They thought um, I yeah. have been privy to one of these matches, and numerous times throughout the match, I've gone, "Okay, that guy's dead." And like, and, he's and, just he's really physically dead and yet he keeps up and get and keeps moving these, these matches are are insane and the funny thing about okada is he's not overly flashy he's really not like a high spot guy like okada it just is a master of all the fundamentals he's a master of selling he looks like he looks like a champion he looks like the biggest thing going and he he spins gold he he spins gold out of anyone he works with doesn't matter who it is but if you're in the ring with Okada you're you're going to have the match of your life he he he's just that good i can't explain it he is incredible okada is amazing um so his trilogy with kenny those those, those matches are they are they're overhyped and yet underhyped because they're overhyped, and as a result of the overhype, people want to you know start crapping on them and say they're not as good as they really as as they as they're rated. But yeah. then you but then you you listen to that argument, and then you watch them again. You're like, nope, these are great. <laughs> these are these yep. are these are hype. Um, yep, Okada's great. He can work with anybody. He has a rivalry with Kenny, um, but I mean, you can put him in with anybody, and it's going to be fire. So, and not to mention like. Give me Naito versus anybody in AEW. Give me, give me Lij his stable versus like the Inner Circle. Like, sure, okay, cool. Give me that. Give me Ishii versus like anyone. Ishii versus Wardlow. Just stiff the crap out of each other. Cool. I'm in. Let's go. Like, yep. It, it it's all and now it's all possible. It's all on the table, and it's so exciting. Uh, I don't know logistically how it's going to work yet because quarantining and travel restrictions and whatnot are still a thing. Um, right. So if Okada's got to come over from Japan, he's got to hang out for two weeks and he can't do anything before they can do an angle and then he's got to go back and he's got to quarantine again. Like, it, it's hard right now to do. But yeah. as soon as... It, I mean, it's it's happening. If you don't know, AEW has uh, copyrighted some 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 terms, some names for possible events or shows including the forbidden door forbidden portal and uh i think they also d- 
did uh, the belt collector. I think they copyrighted the belt collector or something like that. So a lot, a lot of things happening. And then lest we forget, uh, Kenny and Obushi, Kenny and Kota Obushi are, they're kind of like wrestling destiny. Their, their destinies are intertwined. They were the tag team as the golden lovers. They were amazing. They separated. Kenny went on to great success. Abushi went on to great success. Kenny had his failures and became increasingly more heelish and evil and crappy. And it was only when Obushi re-entered his life that he got good again. And it was only when Abushi re-entered his life that he won the IWGP title. And now Kenny is the AEW champion and Abushi is the IWGP champion. So they're, their destinies uh, might be colliding once again. So it, there's just so much potential here. And it's like fans, this is, this is like the MCU of wrestling, basically. Like, this is what fans want. They want all these interpersonal crossovers because, you know, the talent, they, these guys just work for these companies. You know what I mean? They're all friends. Like, and fans know that, and fans know who these guys are. So, if the companies can get out of the way and just make stuff happen, give fans what they want, give us these dream matches, let's go. Let's do it. Let's make it all happen. Indeed. Looking forward to this very much. So, now on to our last news story day, and you know what? I probably should have swapped these two stories so we can end on a higher note. Uh-oh. But here we are, folks. Um, we got uh, the first full oh. trailer for <laughs> yeah. uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League Proper title. over this past weekend. Yeah. Um, Drew, would you think... Um, Zack Snyder can cut a trailer like nobody's business. Unfortunately, uh, there's a, there has to be a movie attached to them, which I know is going to be, be, be awful. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it looks like, it looks like typical Zack Snyder fare, completely devoid of hope, optimism, heart, <laughs> humor. Um, and you know what, for some things that, style works um just not for these characters uh he's he continues to display a fundamental lack of understanding of the core components of these characters and just making them what he wants them to be now saying that there's a difference between having a take on the character and an interpretation of the character and there's a difference between that and changing your character's core makeup to what you feel they should be. Um, and that's kind of what Snyder does. And the problem is, like, he just he doesn't get it. doesn't make it right. Um, so, I mean, and full disclosure, I'm probably going to watch this. Oh, and God. I'm going to try to be open-minded going into it. Um, but... I, I don't have a lot of hope for it. Well, that's okay, because hope isn't something these movies have in high supply. So, <laughs> Indeed. Um, so it'll be interesting if I can get through the entire four hours 
one sitting. Um, yeah, there there are some there are some superhero films that I would gladly sit for four hours. If you told me there was like a four hour cut of Endgame, I'd be like, I'm in. Let's go. Um, but yeah. Like, it's going to be, I'm sure it will be different enough to justify its existence, but I don't want, I, uh, like you just said, I don't, I don't need four hours of depressing Zack Snyder Justice League. Like, you know, it, it's just, he doesn't, that, that's ultimately, and this is a critique of the comics too. It's like, I, I don't. DC's characters are not meant for this. Like, they're just not. But they seem to keep insisting that they are. Like, they... Yeah. I feel like, and, and I think we might have brought it up before, I read a great article on um, on the interwebs uh, years ago, and it's it's and I think it remains entirely on point and true. It might have been at Comics Alliance, and it's called The Problem, I think it might be called, or The DC Problem, or I, I forgot the article's title, but uh, I'll see if I can find it and link it. It basically, DC Comics was the superhero comic company from the 1930s through the 40s, through the 50s, into the 60s, until 1961 happened, and Marvel came out and completely rewrote the book on what superhero comics were. And added a layer of realism and the world outside your window. And, you know, they kind of skewed a little bit older than what DC was. Not not adults, but Marvel was skewing a little bit older than DC with their target audience. And ever since then, ever since the 1960s, it has been this perpetual game of let's do let's catch up to Marvel. Let's be edgier than Marvel at every turn. And all it's led to especially since 1980, you know, post-crisis onward, I, 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 we have just these bright, cheery characters doing terrible, dark things. And I, I, don't, I don't want that. Like, that's, that's not what I'm here for. I'm not here for, you know, just, like the biggest example I can think of is like, uh, is it Identity Crisis? Which is the one where, where Dr. Light sexually assaults elongated man's wife. Was that identity crisis? Yeah. 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 I don't need that. <laughs> you know, I don't need that. That's we, we've lost the plot a bit when we're doing that with these characters. Um, that's not to say you can't tell, you know, adultish stories with them, but uh, some, some of it's just like beyond the pale kind of like, what, what, what are we, what are we doing here? Why do we have to have this, this kind of tone with, with Superman in his, in his red cape, you know, like in this murderous rampaging, whatever. I, I, I'm not, I'm not here for it. I just, I can't get into it. Uh, I, and ultimately a lot of people apparently can. Um, and Hey, if you're into that, I'm, I mean, I am judging you, but Hey, live your life. You know, I, I don't know. I, I feel like it's the, it's the, yeah, Follow me here, Carl. I feel like people that insist on having violence, nudity, and sexual themes in their work and then brags that that makes them adult and edgy actually makes them the opposite. Mm. You're, not, you're not being mature. 
you are the you are being juvenile if you need those elements to tell a mature story. And you know what I'm talking about, like the friend yeah. the friend in high school who always knew the movies that that were good because they had boobs in them, or the movies that were good because it's just so violent. And there's this guy, there's there's this part where this guy gets his head cut off or something like that. And like when you're in high school, whatever. But Zack Snyder's like a like a 50 year old man, <laughs> and he's still that guy. And they gave the keys to the kingdom to that guy. That's a problem. And all those people that want to see this stuff, I feel like you're, I, I don't know. To me, hey, we all like what we like. But I, I think if you're still titillated by violence and, and, and the occasional nudity, like, congratulations, you're still a teenager. Grow up. But that's me. That's just how I feel. No, your your point is not invalid. So anyway, um, that's, that's that's my thoughts on Zack Snyder's yeah, Justice yeah, League. I mean, it's, look at the marketing for it. Like every still I see is it's, I gotta I gotta see these news articles with Zack Snyder posting pictures in black and white, and like oh how edgy and auteur of you, Zack Snyder. You're just so artistic that you post these pictures in black and white because that makes it arty. Like, get out of here. He's doing a black and white version of it, and it's, like, called the Justice is Gray edition. Get, shut up. Just stop. Stop it. Just stop it. This is the stuff Alan Moore warned us about when he made Watchmen and said that everyone learned the wrong lessons from it. He was right. They did. He was, yeah. Everyone just saw the, the realism and the violence in Watchmen and thought that was the point. Except the point of Watchmen was to show how absurd bringing these fantastical notions of superheroism into the real world and how problematic that really is. That was the point. Not the violence. Not, not violence for the sake of the violence. The violence was to illustrate how, this, how messed up it would be if our world was like the superhero world. Right. Anyway. Then again, hey, look look where we are now with the world. <laughs> I guess we got I guess we got there eventually. Sure. Um so yeah, that uh that about does it from the news. Oh hey, so, the Joker's in there uh doing meme lines. I don't care. <laughs> uh, Carl, we live in a society. Did you know that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Uh, you want to talk about something that we do like? Yes, I do want to talk about something we do like. Let's transition uh, from dark and depressing to colorful and disturbing. Yeah. Yeah, let's uh, let's talk some WandaVision. Now, see, this is the kind of mature handling of things that I can handle because it's being handled with nuance, subtlety, and depth. These are not Zack Snyder strong suits. <laughs> no, no. no, none of these are Zack Snyder strong suits. Um, yeah. Uh, so when last we spoke, yeah, let's catch up. Uh, did had you seen episode four? I'm all caught up, dude. I am. I am. No, waiting. I'm talking about when we left off. 
because I don't think when no no we did not talk about episode yeah. four. So we didn't talk about we didn't basically talk about the point where everything in the show kind of changed, and oh boy howdy how we're still getting these changes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Drew, give me your thoughts on episode four forward. Um, we have see. People, I, I brought it up. I brought it up on our last discussion. People that were like poo-pooing the show based on the first and second episodes, and like people I thought were smarter than than that. And I, I, I like I said last time, like they should know better. Um, if they would have gotten to like episode four or so, I think they would have really ate their own words, while probably begrudging. They they would have they would have jumped on board, but then still cried about they should have got to this sooner. First two episodes were a waste of time. Yeah. Uh, whatever. I, I had some conversations like that. Episode four should have been episode one. Like, no. No. It's called pacing. It's if, called... if episode four is episode one, then episode four is not as good as what it is. Right. 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 Um, you have to build. You have to. You gotta build things up. It's called suspense. It's called storytelling, folks. If we get to the point right away, then there's no point. You know. So. Uh, episode four was that? Let me catch me up. What happened in episode four again? Was that when uh, he? Episode four was, was that the, when she threw Monica out of the, out of the out of the the hex? Yeah, episode four was the first time we went outside the hex. Ah, yes, okay. And we learned like about we saw the the results of Avengers Endgame essentially with everybody who was snapped away coming back. Right. That was intense. Which, that was super intense. Side note, side note, I would love for Marvel to do a pseudo documentary about the five years. Do it do a documentary about um, life for those five years. It just treat it like a hundred percent serious and it would be Just. interesting, and and then and then the thing about the the way they handle it is the only real mention that we've that we I mean, granted, it was like the only thing that came out since uh, Endgame uh, was in Spider Man Far From Home, and they treated it almost like a joke, not like a joke, but I mean, you know, people were gone, well, they're back now, and like none of that's none of the emotional fallout is really hashed out there, um. In 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 Wandavision, like it was not all sunshine and rainbows. Like yeah. Monica comes back and finds out her mom is dead, and the world that she is coming back to has been dealt some heavy, heavy blows. Uh, so there's a, she has to like rebuild her life essentially, and so does everyone else who came back. Like there's, there's so much to unpack, you know? Yeah. So and I've seen like I've seen a lot of people eagerly anticipating a happy reunion between Monica and Captain Marvel. I think Carol Danvers. I don't think that's going to happen. No, if anything, I'm I'm reading between the lines on a lot of this stuff. It seems to me that she she's she mad. Harbor, yeah, she harbors some resentment to Carol for reasons we don't and, know yet, but clearly Well, I'm guessing the reason is like, you know, my mother, your best friend, was dying. Yeah. And you, A, had these powers that could potentially save her, like Monica doesn't 
No. Um, and B, you weren't here. Yeah. When this was happening. I also wonder. Where were you and why should I care? Yeah. I, I wonder. I think that's spot on. And I also wonder if. And this is and it's not what it's not that uh, it's not like there's not precedent for what I'm going to throw out there. But I wonder if contact with Captain Marvel uh, led to Maria Rambo's cancer. And so she might be blaming Carol for her mother's death. Even remember what killed Captain Marvel, the original Captain Marvel in the comics. He died of cancer. Right. So they could be t- hinting at that, teasing. I don't know, but clearly, yeah, they're not they're not friendly right now. So that's interesting. Like this, this WandaVision is like an awesome show, but they're kind of backdooring like an origin story for uh, for Monica Rambo as well. We, right. we didn't even and, we didn't even know if she's going to be part of the show, but it's like this is actually now kind of like one of the the big things in the show. Yeah. So now, like, you know, so that was one like one big turn. The other big turn is at the end of the the quote unquote '80s episode, where things are kind of starting to fracture in yeah. the hex, at least from Vision's perspective. He's starting to see the strings on the puppets right per se yep and he's starting to realize that this is not what it seems to be um you know crazy weird moments with agnes like just kind of acting like an actor and yeah um, how how creepy was that when she when she like broke broke the you know character kind of and like asked if they were oh so creepy wasn't that creepy that was was so creepy so so creepy and of course, at the end, the big reveal, folks. Spoilers. <laughs> um, Pietro shows up, but it's not the Pietro we know from Avengers: Age of Ultron. It's the Pietro we know from the Fox X Men movies. Yeah, they did the thing, <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh, oh. oh. Wow. Now, and they let us sit with it for a week. This is why this is why I like this is why I like waiting for episodes. Because yes. they give you all this time to discuss and speculate and it, it it drives interest further. If they would have dumped the whole season at once, this would have been lost on us. So I, I like I have very yeah, I have very much switched from liking the Netflix way to liking going back to the old traditional way yeah. of doing things, which is one episode a week, because like you said, we get to, to marinate in the stuff a little bit longer. We get to think and conjecture and like, especially with this show, obviously you have some of that with Mandalorian, but not to the level as this show. Like this reminds me, and I know it's probably not the best comparison, but this reminds me a lot of how people were theorizing with loss. Yeah, 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 totally. And just like, you know, that's that's fun, and you don't get to do that when they dump it all at once. Exactly, exactly. Um, so we had that whole week to start talking about, you know, start talking about, are they going to do, is this how they're going to bring in the X-Men and all that stuff and yada yada and... 
my uh, my thought process was my I I from the beginning thought like no way this this they're not gonna do that I just I just I still don't see it happening we'll see I could be wrong but I just feel like they've Marvel has waited all this time to get those rights back whenever they get around to it they're gonna do it their way but this right. was a wink 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 to the audience and boy oh boy did the audience go nuts for the wink but I think in the very next episode. Now we spend even more time with air quotes Pietro, and I think more than ever now, he is not the Pietro from the X Men movies. Uh, I don't know what exactly he is, but he's clearly not who he seems to be. Obviously, right. Pietro's dead, like dead, dead. So yeah. whoever he is, he's impersonating Pietro, or the more likely scenario in my. I'm guessing is that he is like a manifestation of Wanda's subconscious mind playing, playing with her or at least trying to help her overcome or figure out her situation. Yeah, it's, I don't, cause again, we were talking about this in the chat. Um, I don't think, let me preface this this by saying i've stopped trying to figure out what's going to happen <laughs> because i'm just here for the ride i, I, I i'm enjoying the ride and honestly at this point there is nothing that i don't think can't happen that's fair like if if patrick stewart were to wheel in i'd be like okay <laughs> Okay, let's let's go. If if Patrick Stewart were to be pushed in on the wheelchair by J. Jonah Jameson, I'd be like, okay, where's it? Where is this gonna go? Um. So, all right. That being said, I I don't think they would they would pull that card, the the Pietro card, using that. What's the actor's name? Is it Evans? Uh, look, look, do me a favor. Look that up while I'm talking. Um, Which Pietro are we talking about? The the Fox Pietro. The Fox Pietro. Fox Mike Pietro. Um, I I don't think they would pull that card. Evan Peters. Evan Peters. I knew it was Evan something. Um, I don't think they would pull that card to just use as a wink to the audience. Be like, hey, remember. Remember we own Fox now and he was he was Quicksilver and Fox's X Men? Well look at this little winking out. I I don't think it's it's simply that. I think there will be more to it than that. But do I think it is like full blown, oh they're gonna they're gonna introduce mutants and this is how it's done. I don't really think so there's been dude there's been some some interesting clues to the to to this to the act i'm not gonna say to the x-men but to, to the potential of the x-men uh yeah and so in episode uh four or maybe vision talks about reading the kids a bedtime story and he actually said he tried to read them like a book by charles darwin uh yeah hello charles darwin evolution yeah um on top of that did you notice in the last episode which we'll talk about 
uh, Darcy uh, tells Monica that since she has gone into and come out of the hex, that her genetic code is now different. Yes. So there's there's two ways to interpret that. I feel one that's how they're going to get uh, Monica to be photon uh, or spectrum or whatever photon, Monica they want to give yeah. her. Yeah. Or Captain Marvel. Or may- yeah, maybe uh, maybe. I think it's, I mean, if anything, they're going to use the photon moniker because they've already established that as her mother's call sign when she was a pilot. That's right. Yep. Um, so that just makes sense. Um, so there's that or it, it is a stepping stone to mutants. Like everybody, everybody's like my own concern is everybody's so hung up on mutants. They're going to miss out on what they're actually trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. Remember, this show is still focused on on characters, and this is all about Wanda. And I it, I think the whole show is a meditation on her trauma. And yeah, let's not miss the plot here because we're too busy looking for the X Men. Right. So, and the the end of the last episode saw the hex explode exponentially. Yeah. So Benny, Vision has Benny were, because Vision's trying to escape it. Can we talk about Vision for a moment? Yes, of course. I'm gonna throw something at you, and I want. I, I, I'm I'm curious if you would would agree. Right, right. I think that the Vision in the MCU is the closest thing the MCU has to Superman. Okay. In the most self, in, in that he is the most, he's an out, number one, he's not truly human. He's an observer, more of, of humanity, more or less, who tries to blend in. Number two, so look at some of the shots of him in, in this episode when he takes off into the sky to survey the town yeah. with his cape blowing in the wind. Right, right. And number three, how selfless is he when he escapes the hex? And he's being literally torn piece by piece back into it. And he says, help. And he doesn't say, help me. He says, help them. Vision is a truly selfless hero. And I think he's very Superman-esque in that way. Yes. No, I I definitely agree with that analogy. Um, I I don't feel like Vision's resurrection will be part of this show. No, neither do I. Um, I think by I the end think, of this, he will be still very dead. Um, and as much as, it, as much as that pains me, because, you know, over, over the course of the Marvel, the first chapter, if you will, of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the first 10 years, you know, it was so well done that you grow to really uh, love these characters and you want to see the characters and to lose a character and to lose characters like we did towards the end. Uh, you know, there's, there's part of us, I think as fans that would love to have these characters back because of our affection for the characters, regardless of how perfectly, uh, their, their ending was, um, we still kind of want that connection back, but again, I don't. I, I think you you take away 
from the character by bringing them back. No, I I totally agree. Um, bringing at the, the same time for all the reasons you just described him, I would be happy to have him back. Oh, of course, I would. I, I and we said it last week or our last our last episode. Like, I think the cast in this is crushing it because they didn't get a ton of time in the Avengers flicks, and here they get to the show to themselves and. Uh, Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany are just like excellent in these roles, and we get to spend so much more time. Yeah, we get to spend so much more time with them and really care, and uh, it's been great. I've really, really dug it. So it's it's going to be an interesting. So we've got, I believe, three episodes left, and I, I believe the last I, two are an hour. Or the last three. Yeah, I, I, I was about to say, I heard, I can't confirm that the last three oh, wow. are now. <sighs> so I'm kind of hoping that's the case. And of course, there's the rumor of a ninth or tenth episode. Oh, I heard about that. Yeah, like a hidden episode. Yeah. So we, uh, we will see. It's going to be one hell of a ride. It's as much as I'm anticipating it. It's going to be hard going from like a mind trippy uh, reality bending show like this to what I'm sure is probably going to be a more straightforward action thriller suspense of Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um, did we talk about but, that trailer, by the way? I don't think we did. But No, we actually, we didn't talk about any of the, the Super Bowl trailer stuff. But yeah, we got the full trailer for that. Let's, let's circle back to that. Let's, let's go. We're getting the buddy cop show we never knew we wanted, and yet we all, and yet all demanded after we saw Civil War <laughs> with with U.S. agent no less. Notice how they didn't well, they didn't really show him much in that trailer. They're still kind of keeping him. Did, um, yeah, they I, didn't show, like we know what the costume looks like and everything, but that's that's about it. Yeah, um, it is it is a, a nice the design of it is a nice hybrid between. The MCU Captain America costume and the comics yeah, yeah. U.S. Agent costume. It, it reads yeah, U.S. Agent. Um, Baron Zemo oh. in this, you know, just... They're giving him the mask. Let's go. They're giving him the mask. He's like, listen, my work is not done. I don't want superheroes around at all. I'm a big fan of the actor because he was phenomenal in *Inglorious Bastards. And then in civil war, I think he was super, super interesting as this regular guy who suffers great loss and decides to enact a plan to break up the Avengers and he succeeds. <laughs> yeah. Um, so more of that guy. Yep. Okay, cool. Let's go. Yeah. Um, I'll take that. Um, yeah. That, uh, and then you get the and again the buddy cop uh, love yep. hate dynamic between Falcon and and Bucky like I'm, let's go yeah. sign, I'm here for it sign me up like I'm 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 extremely excited for what we have seen of the show I'm even more excited for what we haven't seen absolutely if you think back to all the WandaVision promo stuff everything they showed us. Like ninety eight percent of it was just from the first two episodes. Yep. Yeah. And, and like even all the the Mandalorian stuff leading into season one and season two, all the promotion stuff, again, ninety eight percent of it is just from the first two episodes. Yeah. And they're just killing it 
with getting us excited for these things. Um, so I'm very excited. One last thing I want to touch on. I mentioned this to you and Alan, and I, you guys kind of maybe went along with me a little bit, but I, I think I'm on a very lonely island on this one. Mm. Um, but if what I think comes true, I'm going to be dancing on the hilltop of I told you so and waving a flag of Carl was right. Carl was right. Um, if I'm not right, then Carl was wrong. In other words, water is wet. Um, <laughs> there, right after the Falcon Winter Soldier trailer, like immediately after, there was a commercial. Oh, oh, oh. For a civilian mission to space where we're sending up four civilians to space, and it all looks very legitimate. Uh, there's It's to benefit the St. Jude Foundation, which is an amazing foundation. Um, it is SpaceX. Is, is SpaceX. SpaceX. Yeah, it's a legitimate company. It's all legitimate company, but you know, Drew, the... The number four in the promotional material, the design of it, and then you look at the the patch that is designed for uh, the mission, and the colors that are used in the patch, and the the mission's called Inspiration. The A being replaced with a four, a four just being the design of the four with a blue circle around it, and blue and sky blue and gray being very prominent in the visual design of the patch. Drew, <laughs> I think, I think that this is the first of a viral marketing for a fantastic for announcement. Now you go onto the website that is in this commercial and there is a countdown till they announce the crew for this mission. I feel that once this countdown reaches its climax, they are going to announce the cast for the fantastic Four MCU film. Uh, you might be right, but I don't think so. Why not? Uh, it a, a ploy a ploy like that is genius. No, I think that would backfire spectacularly um, from people that care about such things uh it 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 tracks everything you're saying tracks but i think they risk major blowback for for that be if if that if all it is is a marketing campaign for a movie um i think they would face some some major resistance from people i think that would be seen as in pretty bad taste spacex is a publicly traded company and you know 
I, I just don't think that they would do that necessarily. I, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. The only way I think it's possible is if it's both things. It's legitimate and also a wink-wink ad campaign that, that, that they do together. But they can't just make it... It's It can't just be like, you know, oh, hey, remember that commercial where we said we're going to send up four civilians in space? Psych! It's just a movie ad. No. Um, I think they... I think it's a serious thing. Um, now, if they go ahead and announce these actual four people that are going to go up into space... As well as go, and while we're on the subject of fan, of inspirational four, you know, here's the Fantastic Fortune. You could cross brand it that way, but I I can't I can't get there thinking that it's legit uh, a Fantastic Four uh, advertisement. Well, if it's not, and I'm wrong, which is very likely. I think Marvel should still allow them to call the crew the Fantastic Four. Sure. So, sure. Why not? So, all right. Um, and also, kind of circling back to WandaVision, a lot of speculation of the aerospace engineer mentioned in one of the episodes. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's going to be Reed. Yeah. Eh. Maybe. Maybe not. Eh, um, maybe not. Again, just that, folks, just enjoy the ride. Yeah. Because uh, it's a lot of fun. I think uh, there is a lot of uh, stuff we don't know. And let's just enjoy the ride and find out. Like, why is the uh, head of the field team such a jerk? Like, he, like, I think, I mean, it's a stock cliche that the government guy is like this bad guy, right? Who's yeah. shoot first, take, ask questions later kind of guy. That's, that's a stock character. I think right. there's more to it than that. I think he, he's involved somehow with whatever's going on inside and he wants to clean it up, cover it up, or he has an ulterior motive to whatever's happening. Um, I think it's entirely possible that the reason why he's so invested in, I, I don't think his mission is to find out what's up with Wanda. I think his mission is to retrieve the Vision's body, because I think Sword was conducting experiments on the Vision's body to try and replicate him to be used as a weapon. So I think that could be why Wanda freaked out, stole the body, and then put up the hex to protect herself and the Vision from the outside world. Just put, just throwing that out there. That could be, that could be a reason. I... I don't think there's been a theory I've heard that can be a hundred percent invalid. Mm-hmm. We're going to find out a lot of, inf- the only thing I think could be totally invalid, Carl. I don't think Mephisto is showing up. But you're everybody's Mephisto. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and say, no, there's not going to be Mephisto. I, I'm just putting it out there. I, I don't see it. I think you will, then, even at the same time, if Mephisto shows up, would you be surprised? To be honest, yeah, because I feel like there are firm lines drawn in the sand. Well, not so firm, but cosmic, space, sciency stuff, dimensional stuff. Okay, supernatural, demonic entities kind of cross the line of what the MCU can kind of support or has supported up to this point. 
uh, sir, I feel Dormammu might raise uh, objection to that. Eh, but that even that's just like another dimensional kind of angle with Doctor Strange. Mephisto is like the devil, <laughs> like not not like a interdimensional being. No, he's he's the devil. <laughs> Br- bringing him in is kind of like, yeah, that's a that's a that's a that's a big one. That's a big one. It's a spicy meatball. <laughs> I mean, they're gonna do Blade. They are. You know what? You're right. They are gonna do Blade, and that is so. When they announced that, that they, took me aback I mean, a little bit. The the supernatural realm is completely open ever since Doctor Strange. Um, so there there's nothing at this point that's off the table. Well, I guess we're there's, there's nothing that's off the table. Howard the Duck showed up at the end of the film, Drew. <laughs> nothing is off the table. Uh, yeah, we're going to see. We're going to see. All right, folks. I think that's going to wrap it up for us this week. Uh, We appreciate you, as always, stopping by, chatting with us. Um, If you'd like to reach out, communicate with us, send us some questions or whatnot to be read on the show, you can do so at the following locations. You can follow us on Twitter at DevilsDoPod. You can like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash devilsdpod. You can email us at thedevilsdpod at gmail.com, or you can find all these resources available to you on our website, thedevilsdpodcast.com. Drew, that being said, any closing thoughts? Uh, go watch The Expanse. <laughs> all right. Um, Run, folks, don't walk. <laughs> Run, don't walk. <laughs> Folks, again, as always, thank you for joining us, and we will talk to you again soon. Be excellent to each other. Mm-hmm.